Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello, English learners, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Level Up English podcast. My name is Michael, and today I'm joined by teacher Tika, who really kindly agreed to come on. And she is a, a great teacher who I connected with on Instagram. Her page is Tika Teaches English, quite simple. And her Instagram page has really blown up since I've been following her. I think. When I first followed her, maybe she had a couple thousand followers, and now she has got well over a hundred thousand. She has surpassed me, my follower count as well, and it's really well deserved because her content is fantastic, and she really makes really really good engaging posts over there. So I recommend you check out her page on Instagram if you have Instagram. And what I find interesting about Tika and her situation is that she has moved away from her home country of England. She is a native English teacher, and now she's living in South Korea. So I think it's really interesting to talk about these differences. You know, I've never been to South Korea, but it's fun to hear about her experience there. So we begin with an introduction, and we talk about Tika's work and how it's. Progressing at the moment, we talk about how long she's been away from the UK, her experiences in South Korea, what it's like. We also talk about the honeymoon period and how long that lasted. If you don't know what I mean by this, listen to the main episode to find out in a minute. We also talk about her favorite and least favorite things about living in South Korea, what she likes and dislikes. We talk about the language, how she's handling the Korean language as well,、uh, culture shock, things that have surprised her from moving there, and finally we talk a little bit about what she misses about the UK. You know, people like to complain about the UK a lot, about the weather and the food, but I kind of want to ask what she misses, what she really wants to come back and see again. And then I take advantage of her time on the private podcast, which comes out this Friday, and ask her about some embarrassing situations, embarrassing mistakes that she has made when trying to speak Korean. And that's really funny to hear. So stick around for that on Friday. And this is only available for members, which you can become if you go to levelupenglish.school and click on that members button. Or you can just go in the podcast description on your app, click on that link to learn more. And if that isn't so interesting for you, then maybe you are interested in free lessons. I've been putting this link in all of the podcast episodes as well. There should be a link for free lessons. You can type in your email, get access to five free classes on Level Up English, and you also get signed up to my. Emails where I give you free lessons and updates twice a month as well. But okay, well, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get into it now with Tika. Hello, English learners, and welcome back to the Level Up English podcast. I am joined today by a special guest, Tika, calling Hello, from、everybody. Korea. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How about you? How are you doing? 
I'm doing very well. It's a pleasure uh, to have you here. Thank you for taking some time out of your day. Is it the end of your day now? Uh, not quite the end. It's 5pm here. So it's late afternoon, I would say. I think you said before to me that you, is it right that you like to do a lot of lessons late in the evening or no? Yeah, I guess if we're going on a by a working day, it's the middle of my day. I typically start about lunchtime and finish about 10 or 11 p.m. So for me, it's maybe the middle of my day. Okay, wow. So you're a night owl then, I guess. Fully a night owl. I hate mornings. Don't don't talk to me in the morning. Talk to me at night. It's probably just as well that we are on very different time zones because I'm totally the opposite. It's morning where I am now. Um, if it's any time after like 5 p.m., I'm just gone. I can't think about anything. So we're totally opposite then. <laughs> well, I, I used to be a morning person, but I have vastly changed, I guess. And I'm the complete opposite now. I hate waking up early. Previously, I loved it. I love, maybe not love, I just typically go to bed quite late. And previously, midnight, I was gone by midnight. Now midnight's not a late time for me at all. Mm. I mean, that's very late for me, but yeah, to, to each their own. <laughs> sure. Well, for me, more like 2am. That's kind of getting okay. a bit late for me. Okay. But yeah, it depends where you live, doesn't it? I mean, in the UK, mm. as you know, nothing's happening at that time. You have to sleep, otherwise there's nothing to do. Like, nothing's open, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everything closes a lot like 5.30pm, 6pm, if you're lucky. Yeah. You need to go to bed early because, like you said, there's nothing to do. Yeah. Well, where are you from in the UK? Because obviously we, we've spoken a little bit before, but this is our first mm -hmm. time actually chatting kind of face to face. Mm -hmm. So wh where are you from originally? I can't, I can't place your accent. I think I've got a very neutral accent. I typically clear it up. I make it clearer. I enunciate a bit better for anything where my voice is being recorded or lessons. I live, or I lived, and I'm from a place in England called Nottingham or Nottinghamshire to give its full name, which is basically in the middle of England. We have the East and the West Midlands in England. Nottinghamshire is in the East Midlands. So I'm kind of just smack bang in the middle. My mum was from kind of grew up in Croydon. So she has mm. more of a Southern English accent. <laughs> my dad, I can't describe my dad's accent. My dad has a very common accent, I would say. He doesn't enunciate clearly. So I'm kind of a mix of the two accent wise. But yeah, I'm from Nottingham. Interesting. Okay. I, I used to live not too far from Croydon um, before I moved out of London, but I've never been to Nottingham before. Um, do you have like sure. fond memories there? Do you recommend it to people or is it a bit boring? Like what's going on there? Mm, I guess it depends what you're into really. So Nottingham, if people know, and I'm sure you know him, Michael, is famous for Robin Hood. Robin Hood is from Nottinghamshire. So there's lots of Robin Hood, uh, like little landmarks. <laughs> you have like, uh, Sherwood Forest, which is very beautiful forest. And they often have every year pre-COVID and maybe again now have like the Robin Hood Festival, which is great fun. Mm. As a city, it's not anything special, but I think 
there's like a nice castle and other outdoor activities. If you're an outdoors person, it's a good place. If you want to go shopping, uh, not so great. Okay. Oh, okay. You sold it to me then. Okay. I'd like to go see that, the forest and the castles. It sound, sounds quite nice then. Okay. Yeah. It's future okay. trip for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I wanted to also ask you about teaching. So mm-hmm. how, how long have you been teaching now and how did you, how did you get into it? How did you find this job? I've been teaching around three years now. I think I started around this time or just before this time, three years ago. Yeah, three years ago. So I have always loved working with people and I've, for the longest time I've had many friends that are not English speakers. I don't know if people know this, that maybe follow me. I love playing video games and part of playing video games, you connect with people online. I even used to live stream video games. So you connect with people from all around the world. So a mixture of them saying that my voice was very clear and easy to understand. And also for people that don't know, my husband is not a native English speaker. He is Korean. He and my friends all together were just like Tika. You could teach people English or your accent's very clear, your speed is great, etc., etc. And I just started. I used to work a completely different job and teach at the same time and then gradually moved purely just into teaching. But mm. yeah, other people suggested it to me first. Okay, interesting. Okay, I think mm. for me it was kind of, I guess obviously we all get the idea from somewhere, but for me it mm. was my idea, you know, I guess I was inspired somehow, but then other people were surprised. Like, well, that's a weird thing to do, Michael. But for sure. you it was the other people actually um, kind of gave you that idea. Interesting. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it until people suggested it. So it it was definitely other people planting that idea in my mind (laughs) and not me producing that idea myself. Mm, Okay, interesting. Yeah. Have you always just been teaching online or has it ever been a classroom thing for you? So I started basically just as COVID did. (laughs) So Okay, okay. Basically, I started the same time as COVID. So even now, 99% of my lessons are online, partly because I teach people from multiple different countries or even different parts of England that are not quick to access (laughs) from where I lived. Mm -hmm. Because of COVID, of course, as well, that didn't help. I currently just teach a few different people offline, but I go to their houses or a kind of study cafe. So maybe in the future, I'll move more towards maybe group classes offline, but Mm -hmm. trying to fit online and offline together is quite complicated. But I love offline lessons. They're quite fun to physically be there with someone. Yeah, I can imagine it's a nice break as well if you're sitting behind your computer all day and then to actually go out and meet someone it's you get some other benefits social benefits as well for sure yeah and even ignoring the social benefits you just need to go outside sometimes when you work at home you you don't realize until after a few days that 
I, anyway, I'm like a dog. I get really stressed if I don't go outside for a few days. Mm -hmm. So meeting those students and having to go outside is really good for me to get some air and to, yeah, just move and have some real social interaction. Yeah, that's the hardest thing. I, well, it's not the hardest, but it's a hard thing. Um, I've tried to be really strict about forcing myself to go out every day. I don't mm. go anywhere. I just walk around, you know, just listen to a podcast, take a walk, something like mm. that. But it's, I just think it's so important for everyone to get some fresh air, hopefully, if you're not in a big, bad city, <laughs> or some, you know, sunlight, maybe. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's not easy to do that if you're just working away. You have to really push yourself to do it sometimes. Oh, for sure. I love being outside, but mm. sometimes I... I think to myself, I, I don't really have time to go outside, yeah, but yeah. actually, like you said, I need to, I need to, when I do push myself, like even just for 10 minutes, like you said, a big city, the air, some days in Korea, the air isn't particularly clean. We have air pollution here mm -hmm. and you have to wear a, a kind of thicker mask to go outside, but it's just the feeling of a breeze and the sun. I think everybody just needs it for their mental health, really. 100%, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's a whole nother conversation about how the lockdown affected people and stuff yeah. like that too, but maybe that's for another time. <laughs> yeah, that's all the doom and gloom of lockdowns, yeah. yeah. Well, let, let's talk about Korea. So how, how long have you been in South Korea now? I only moved here in... January so kind of okay it's six and a bit months really I wow. should have moved here a couple of days after Christmas but actually I got COVID so oh, no. <laughs> I had terrible to postpone timing. my flight yeah terrible timing tested positive the day before my flight oh, no. I had to postpone my flight by almost a month because I kept testing positive for a long time hmm. so yeah since the end of January so not particularly long but it's not my first time i have visited many times before wow okay but it's your first time living there yeah living in a different country i've never lived in a different country ah, amazing before. yeah so i picked exciting. one far away from home you know my first uh experience and i uh, go big or go home i was like eh, let's move the other side of the world it's kind of what i did when i my first ever solo trip like, so mm -hmm. the travel was to Japan for one month. Wow, it was like completely sure. in the deep end. Um, it's yeah. kind of exciting when it's like that, when it's, you know, you, it's kind of like a sink or swim situation. Like sure. either, either you're going to succeed and do really well or fail and you kind of have to push yourself to make it work because getting home isn't so easy. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of that adrenaline rush of doing something so scary. Uh -huh. Like the first time I ever traveled by myself and my husband, but then boyfriend met me here. So the career part of it, when I landed here, I didn't have to worry. But even prior to visiting Korea for the first time, I had never been on a plane on my own. Oh, wow. I had never been to Heathrow Airport because East Midlands has an airport. I had only traveled for a few hours on a plane. I'd never had airplane food. So many... <laughs> firsts and you feel quite 
proud of yourself when mm. you do it like i did this by myself i had to get the train from nottingham then the tube never used the tube by myself had no idea what i was doing i was like i got here i did it oh my gosh it it felt really good i relate to that so much just like mm. being able to navigate the world somehow yeah, on your own yeah. it, it's a, it's a great feeling and making it you know, safely to another country is, is, is fantastic. And I think you yeah. answered my other question I was going to ask too. So it sounds like your interesting career came before meeting your husband, right? Yeah, I had some friends that had started learning Korean and I just was like, hmm, it looks interesting. I was kind of listening to some Korean music at the time, had just mm -hmm. started listening to it. So I... I liked the music, the language looked interesting, but also very difficult. Mm. But why not challenge ourselves? I thought I'll have a challenge. So I started learning Korean and and the rest is history. Now I'm, I'm here. Amazing, amazing. So I, I think it's quite an interesting time. It's been about six months since you've been mm -hmm. to the UK, I guess. I imagine, as you said, it's your longest time that you've been away from your home country, right? For sure, yeah. The longest I visited Korea last year, you're allowed to come for like 90 days without a visa. So I visited yeah. last year for about two and a half months. But yeah, this is the longest I've ever been away from England. That's so cool. So so I, I wanted to kind of tap into that a bit today. Like, Is there anything <laughs> that you are missing about England right now? Anything that you're getting a bit homesick of or something like that? Dairy milk. <laughs> um, I miss <laughs> chocolate, the chocolate. Okay. Yeah, I miss the chocolate, of course. I think, you know, other than the typical things like my family, the one thing I miss, and I think anybody listening that has lived abroad or is living in a different country, I miss knowing how to do things. <laughs> I, in England, I'm very independent. You know, I can book a dentist appointment, go to the dentist, do anything by myself. I can't do that here because I don't know what I need to do, what I need to say. You are constantly having to relearn everything that you know in mm. your home country. I had to go to the dentist last week and the dentist was so nice and he did speak some English, but it's quite scary doing something medical as well in a, a foreign country, You're like giving them your trust. But mm. yeah, knowing how to do stuff independently is something that I miss about England, knowing where to go and what to do. That's a really good point that I think a lot of people might not realise until they go abroad. And mm. of course, it's the same here. I imagine there's a lot of like the systems we have in the UK in terms of like booking a dentist appointment or something. Mm. It's not always that easy. You have to kind of mm. know how it works before you do it. And I imagine people probably just assume that everyone knows and they don't, mm. you know, you have to actually seek help. People don't necessarily make it easy for you to find out how to do these things yeah yeah and just like for people that maybe move to england the same for me everything is in the language of that country so even if you understand the language a bit 
navigating what you need to do is so much more complicated because you need to understand it in that country's language. And mm. it's, it's just so hard sometimes. And it's so frustrating just thinking, I need to do this, but I don't know how. Yeah. But if I were in England right now, I could do this in a heartbeat. It would be so easy to do it. So losing my independence a bit is something I miss a little bit. Hmm. But I, I imagine on the on the on the other side, you're having those little feelings of uh, accomplishment every time you do sure. something. Like you book a dentist appointment, and it's like, yes, I did it, and j yeah. just like that feeling when you actually travelled abroad. Mm -hmm. Now you're having those little feelings every day, maybe, which is a yeah. I think nice, yeah. Maybe. For everyone, it's like ordering your first coffee yeah. or asking for help and understanding something, having a little conversation. And even if you make a mistake, you you get that feeling of confidence, like, oh, I did it, it wasn't perfect, but I know I can do it again in the future and it will be even better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a lot of firsts, first time on the bus, first time doing this, first time doing that. You constantly have that little buzz of like, yes, yes, I did it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. I, I'm kind of jealous of that because I think it helps life not be boring. If mm -hmm. you know how to do everything and it's just always the same, it gets a bit dull, but I think it's it's always something new, which is exciting. Yeah, yeah. and scary. It's <laughs> yeah, always sure. something new. If something in the apartment starts to break or if someone rings the doorbell <laughs> and it's only me here, I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> what do I say? So <laughs> exciting and scary at the same time. Do, do you think the person at the door might be panicking too when they see you and they see that you're not Korean? It's like, oh no, do I have to speak English? We like, oh, have no. <laughs> the um, yes and no. I'll tell you a story in a second. Yeah, but yeah. we have the um, the camera. You know, like in England, you have the ring doorbells if people listening no ring. If not, we have the one where I can see them outside or downstairs. I live in an apartment or a flat now, but they can't see me. Mm -hmm. So if I answer in Korean, they probably can guess that I'm, that I'm English from my accent. No, yeah. they, they can't guess that I'm not Korean maybe until they come upstairs. In the street, I had an experience where someone was going round like a charity person was talking to everyone and she tapped me on the shoulder from she was behind me and when i turned around she walked away oh no <laughs> because she was like this person's not korean oh my gosh what do i do uh so she said she was like oh sorry like she was speaking in korean but she said kind of sorry yeah and then walked away and found a korean person instead oh, that's awkward some people I, panic yeah. maybe i suppose it's easy for some to maybe be insulted by that, but it's probably more about her, isn't it? Like she's afraid of talking English and- yeah. Sure, yeah. It didn't bother me. I thought yeah. it was quite funny. Like she, it was good. I hate talking to people <laughs> that I don't know. So for me, it was like, yes, I don't have to talk to these random people because they don't, they don't, not maybe they don't want to talk to me. They don't feel comfortable because they don't know if I can speak their language. So 
win-win for me. I could get out of speaking to a random person on the street. That's a nice hidden benefit, yeah. Yeah, secret mm. benefit there. Yeah. Uh, I I wanted to mention this phrase, like honeymoon period, which mm-hmm. is interesting. So I, I suppose it comes from when you get married, right? Mm-hmm. You go on your honeymoon and at the start of your your marriage, everything's exciting and fresh and new. And then maybe this shouldn't always happen, but sometimes maybe things will get a bit stale. You might get a little bit bored. It's not as exciting anymore. And then the honeymoon period is over. Mm-hmm. But for, for the English learners listening now, we can also use this phrase for other things, right? Mm-hmm. Like moving to a new country, you have a honeymoon period where it's all exciting and new. And you've been there for about half a year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if your previous travel has affected this as well, but did you have like a honeymoon period and is it over? Is it still going on? Like, how, how do you feel about life there now? I think it's so weird when you move to another country and I, I don't know if other people that also move to other countries would feel this or not. I think weirdly in your mind, you don't feel like you've moved to another country for quite mm. a long time. You almost feel like you're visiting. And especially because before I came for nearly three months. So in your head for quite a long time, and I don't have this now, but for the first few months in my head, it was like I was just visiting and I, in a few months I will kind of go back home. And it didn't really click in my mind that I live here now. I also think it's difficult when you move to another country because you have lots of paperwork to do. Like I had to register myself quite early on as a resident, had to go to the like, uh, I can't think what it's called, but like the office where you register yourself. It has a name and I can't remember it. But anyway, I -hmm. had to register myself as a resident. I had to open a bank account, had to do this and that, etc. So it's almost a bit stressful when you first move somewhere. So I think the honeymoon period starts maybe a month or two after you arrive, because the first part, to use the phrase, you have to hit the ground running because You can't just move here and chill out or any country. There's so much to do, like England. You need a bank account. You need to register yourself loads of places. So it's quite stressful when you Mm -hmm. first move to another country. Yes, so much to consider. That's interesting. Mm. Okay, so you you did have that feeling then once you settled in. Yeah, um, yeah. Of that maybe excitement and that, oh, this is cool. I'm actually here. It kind of, the feeling sinks in, we can say. It finally you finally realise. Have you got more used to it now? Is it just kind of like normal life for you? Or do you still go outside and be like, wow, I forgot I was here, like that feeling? I think you get used to it because you kind of forget the feeling of your home country. Mm. Like after a while, like of course I, I don't forget England, but I kind of forget what it feels like to live there. It's kind of... At first, it feels like you're visiting, for example, felt like I was visiting Korea and England was like going back home for me. But now it feels the opposite. It feels kind of like this is now my home. And when I go to England, 
I'm just visiting. So mm-hmm. it's this weird transition and I can't pinpoint exactly when it was, but I, yeah, I kind of walk outside now and it's just like, oh, I live here. This is where I live. This is my town. I know where everything is kind of. So yeah, it feels quite normal for me here now. Not so weird. Yeah. Home is where your heart is, right? Yeah. My heart is split between two homes, maybe. <laughs> I've got two hearts in two different places. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like I like that. I like that uh, description. I want to ask favourites now. Like, What is your one of your favourite things about Korea? I can probably answer favourite and least favourite parts of Korea yeah, let's do that. in one thing, because in a good way, Korea is very quick, very efficient. Everything is done very efficiently and very quickly. But also on the flip side, British people are so slow. And (laughs) I've had to speed up so much to fit with that lifestyle in Korea. So just talking about positives, for starters, except not at the minute, Korea's much sunnier than England. Mm -hmm. It's not so cloudy compared to England, but it's very efficient, very convenient. If you miss a bus, very quickly another one comes. If you miss a bus in England, you're waiting like an hour sometimes (laughs) for the next one. And then that one doesn't come. So the efficiency and the the weather, except summer's very humid. Typically the weather is much nicer than England too. That, that's funny. I, I laughed when you said that because I can right right behind my screen here. I've just got a window, and it's it's not even like raining. It's it's drizzle. You know, it's drizzling. Yeah, it's, it's drizzling cloudy. Today. It's misty. I can't see any of the horizon. It's just all misty. It's just that yeah. kind of depressing, cloudy day. And like, yeah, I miss the sun, even though we had a heat wave last week. But I want it to come back. <laughs> <laughs> you want that forty degrees back again? Yeah, better than this, right? <laughs> Yeah, to be honest, it's really rainy in Korea. Korea has like rainy seasons, whereas England is just rainy Mm -hmm. in general. So most of the time it's much bluer than this outside, but currently it's just rainy. Today it's horrible, really drizzly, drizzle, Mm. heavy rain, drizzle, and that wind that swirls. So you can't have an umbrella because <laughs> no matter which way you put it, it goes inside out. Okay, so I don't have to feel too bad about um, the weather here then. It's not any better where you are by the sounds no, of it. <laughs> it's exactly the same here. We're sharing warmer, the perhaps. weather today. Yeah. yeah, much warmer, possibly. It's like 28 degrees right now. Okay, okay yeah, let me check here. Because it's, it, it's crazy. We had like a heat wave last week. It was 14. Now it's like 19. So it, yeah. it goes right down, yeah. England's weather is just so crazy, really. Very it changeable. Just jumps from one, yeah, very yeah. changeable. It's like jumps from one extreme to the next, really. I, I think that's it. I think after traveling to a few different countries, I feel like people often say the weather here is bad. I don't mm. think that's true. I just think it's changeable. Like you can have mm. hot and cold, snow and sun all in the same day sometimes. Mm. And I think that's probably quite rare for most people countries i think that's the main thing it's changeable 
in my view. Yeah, I think it's really hard to tell people or, for example, when I visit England, it's kind of hard to know what to pack. It's probably <laughs> easier if you live in England or maybe not if you're going out for an entire day. But visiting England in September, for example, mm -hmm. maybe it will be sunny all September, maybe it will rain, might be freezing cold, might be boiling hot. You never know what clothes to pack for that type of, I don't know, that part of autumn in <laughs> England is so weird. You, you just don't know what to bring with you. Yeah, bring everything, bring everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah just bring everything. I always say to people, just bring layers. Yeah, bring a yeah. t-shirt and a jacket and a raincoat and a hat <laughs> and a sun hat and a winter hat. You don't know what to expect in, mm -hmm. in months like September. Good to be prepared for sure. Very, yeah. I, I also wanted to ask, I think I asked you before what you miss about the UK, but mm -hmm. I, I wanted to ask, is there anything you don't miss? Because I know you mentioned already it's, it's people are slow, it's not so efficient here, you wait mm -hmm. a long time for transport. But is there anything else that comes to mind that like you are really happy you don't have to experience anymore here? Um, not particularly. I wouldn't say there's anything that I inherently don't like about mm. England. If I compare England and Korea, I feel like the food is much better in Korea. You know, there's a stereotype English food's not so good. Some of it's okay, but I think the quality is higher in Korea with the, mm. the food and its flavors. There's nothing that I really don't like about England. I love the politeness of people. I'm not saying Korean people are impolite. They're definitely not. But, you know, such mannerisms like holding a door for someone doesn't really mm -hmm. exist here. Things like that. Those things... I miss about England. I can't really think of anything other than the rain that I really okay, that's, uh, that's nice. don't like. Yeah, I think for me, I, I've never been to uh, Korea, but I have been mm -hmm. to Japan, which mm -hmm. I presume is quite similar culturally. You know, similar mm -hmm. mindset, at least compared to you know, Europeans. Mm -hmm. But I think for me, the thing that I tend not to miss is. It's not exactly the feeling of danger, but feeling uncomfortable. Like when I walk down a street and there's like a group of teenagers or uh, sure. some like big, you know, I've got tattoos, but some big tattooed men that look scary. Mm -hmm. Where when I'm in a lot of countries like Japan, I don't ever get that feeling. Like I never get mm -hmm. intimidated by people don't look that rough. We say rough, sure. like dodgy, dangerous. Um, yeah. Do you get that feeling too? Do you feel safer where you are now? 100%. With you saying that, it it wasn't something I'd thought about, but completely. I think in England and then also being a woman in England with mm. lots of over the past few years, recent news stories about women, just, you know, things happening to women that were walking alone in broad daylight. I think I would never walk alone or with another woman like my sister. I wouldn't walk alone at night when it's getting dark in England. Mm. I would in Korea. I feel completely safe. Like you said with Japan, there's a completely different feeling. I would happily walk around my town or even a bigger city alone at night and not feel 
too worried. Maybe there might be some drunk people, but I don't worry that they're going to hurt me. Mm -hmm. In England, I don't feel safe walking around at night. Winter's terrible. It gets dark at like 4 p.m. Yeah, I feel very trapped inside. And it's dark, Yeah. yeah. I used to live in England for quite a few years. My mum like lived here and I lived literally two minutes away in a flat near her house. If I walked home from hers and it was dark, I would speed walk Mm -hmm. and I would put my keys between my fingers and it's like a two minute walk. And I lived in a village that was relatively safe, but I just always felt on edge. So yeah, I don't miss that about England. That's a good point. It's such a shame, isn't it? I mean, it's nice that you feel better uh, where you are now, but it's such a shame that people Mm. have to have to be on edge, you know, mm. looking over their shoulder all the time. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think I, I should mention, I don't know if you would agree, but I think even though it does come up in the news, it's, it's unlikely that things will happen. It's not that common, but sure, it still yeah, doesn't yeah. hurt to be aware. Right. Yeah. I think like you said, these things don't regularly happen mm. or they don't happen as much as to make you like feel like you're in imminent danger. Yeah. But because you see them and they're big high profile cases, naturally you start to think that as well. And teenagers, teenagers in England are just scary. I used to think when I was a teenager, like why did, why are people scared of teenagers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now I'm an adult, it's so different. Like they hang around in these gangs and they kind of say stuff to you when you walk past them and they're just intimidating and taller than me so I just avoid them now teenagers (laughs) in Korea typically are so nice and so quiet so I found anyway they're very different it's funny I was thinking just the other day I think that's a sign that you're an adult like you know when Mm -hmm. you're a grown-up when you start avoiding teenagers on the street (laughs) (laughs) you know you're an old person yeah an old person Yeah. yeah When you start bringing your bag closer to you. No, I don't do that. <laughs> but they, you do, I think anyone in a big group feels true, a bit yeah. intimidating if they're quite loud and they, they seem a bit rude in the way that they're behaving. You naturally feel a bit intimidated. Men, women, teenagers, anyone would intimidate me a bit. Yeah. Have you seen the TV show, The Peep Show before? Yes, yes, I yes. love it. I recommend it to students because I think it's it's good. It's a good one to see kind of like this English culture in some ways. Sure, yeah. But there's a really funny scene on that where I think Mark, he's like, he wants to go out, but he's like looking through the letterbox waiting for these teenagers to leave so he can he can leave the house. <laughs> That's me. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do yeah. that. Yeah, it's very relatable. No, I don't want to generalise all English teenagers. I know <laughs> lots of them, lots of my mum's neighbours are teens. Yeah. We were all a teenager one time. But certain groups of teenagers just kind of tar everyone. You know, they paint. we paint mm-hmm. them all with the same brush because of these groups that every place has that are just... Are like, they vandalise stuff and they're rude and they... They talk to you in an unkind way and you don't know them. So then you start to think, oh, every teenager is yeah, the same. And they're not. For people listening, you know, English teenagers can be really lovely as well. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. 
I think now would be a good time to slide over to the private podcast episode. I thought we could talk a little bit about language, maybe some embarrassing mistakes, some other mm -hmm. Korean mistakes, English mistakes, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I would like to ask you, finally, where can people find out more about you? Like, where do you want to send people to find you online? Sure. So you can find me on Instagram at Tika Teaches English, T-I-K-A, Tika Teaches English. I upload there almost every day. I do take some days off though. Currently just Instagram. I'm looking at starting a YouTube channel, but that's still in the works. So keep your eyes out. I'll announce it on my Instagram when I do, but find me on Instagram and follow me and message me and interact with me on Instagram. Fantastic. I'll be excited to see the YouTube channel too. That, that would be a great thing to start. Yeah, someday when I have some more time. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping to do. Yeah. Cool. Well, good luck with it. And thank you for joining me. I really enjoyed chatting with you and I hope the listeners have enjoyed listening. Thank you for inviting me on. I've had a good time. My pleasure. Let's do it again sometime. Yeah, definitely. Maybe in winter time when it's not so hot here. Okay. For people listening, I've turned off my fan because it was too loud. Michael didn't tell me, but I checked before. It's too loud. So I'm slowly melting away like ice cream <laughs> right now. We'll do another one in winter when I'm freezing. Yeah. Inside. So let's end quickly before you melt. So thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, I hope everybody enjoys this. I've had a good time. You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school slash podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.